0: This morning, we will continue with our study on the book of Exodus, True Freedom. If you were singing with us and looking at the lyrics about what we were singing, we sang about God freeing us, God setting us free. And last week, I shared with you also from the book of Exodus a message entitled, Man Dependent or God Dependent. The reason why I entitled last week's message Man Dependent or, or God Dependent is simply because time and time again, God reminds Moses, This is what I am going to do. I have heard the cry of my people, and I am going to do this. I am going to do this. I am going to do this. But I'm sending you. You are going to be my instrument to bring about my plan to fruition but even if time and time again god reminds moses time and time again moses replies but who am i lord what can i do i am slow of speech i can do this they will not believe me what sign will i give that they are that you are sending me excuses upon excuses upon excuses And we've challenged all of you. Why are you not part of the D group? Guess what? Excuses, excuses, excuses. Why are you not leading your own D group? Excuses, excuses, excuses. I have no time. I have too much time. What will I teach? I have nothing to teach. I have too much to teach. I have no people. And then we forget. Do I have a wife? Do I have children? We keep on looking at the other side. We keep on looking for people outside. And we have forgotten that we have our own family to disciple. Family is first. Disciple your family. Husbands, disciple your wife. Wife, allow your husband to disciple you. Parents, disciple your children. Do not allow the church, do not rely on Apex, do not rely on pastor in song to disciple your children. It is your responsibility. And how will you do it? Do not depend on yourself. Do not depend on your ability. Depend on God. Man-dependent or God-dependent? This morning... I have titled our message, I said it, I will do it. Can we all read this? Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you are awake. Forgive me, my voice, I have a little cough. Forgive us for the air conditioner. Tomorrow, they're going to come and fix it. So if you feel a little warm, just open the window. Don't jump out. Because you will still be alive after you jump out. It's not too high. I have titled this message, I said it, I will do it. Time and time again, since Exodus chapter 1, when God called Moses, time and time again, he said it, he said it, he said it. I will free my people from bondage from the Egyptians. I will bring them to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land of the heights, uh, you remember the iths, the Jebusites, the Hittites, never mind the heights. This is the plan of God. And time and time again, God reminds Moses, I am going to send you. I am going to do it, but I am going to send you. From, Genesis, from Exodus chapter 1 to the end of Exodus chapter 6, Moses still continues. But what can I do? I am slow of speech. So now as we enter Exodus chapter 7, we will see how God will fulfill what he told Moses. I said it, I will do it. Let's pray. God Almighty, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we have your word that we can read, we can study, we can meditate. We can get to know you through your word. And Father, this morning, I pray that you will sustain all of us, myself, the technology, the weather. Father, just allow us to focus upon you, Lord God, and to listen to what you have to say to all of us. And do not allow any one of us here, Lord, this morning to leave this sanctuary unchanged by the power of your Holy Spirit. We commit to you this time, Lord God, be pleased to speak with all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beginning with Exodus chapter 7, we will see how God will begin to execute his judgment over the land of Egypt. He told Moses, after 400 years, it has now come to pass. He originally promised Abraham that he will be a father of a great nation. This nation will be enslaved for 400 years and they will be released. They will exit they will have an exodus out of Egypt. But it is not an ordinary exodus. It is going to be orderly. And I shared with you, they will go out by their tribes. And not only that, they will go out rich. They will go out with the plunder of Egypt, gold, silver, and all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the procession, if you like to call it a procession, at the end of the Exodus, Aaron and Moses take the rear. And now God is going to exercise his judgment. And he's going to exercise his judgment against the gods of Egypt. He says in Exodus 12, For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, And I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. So we're going to see, beginning with Exodus chapter 7, how God will execute his judgment against all the gods of the Egyptians. And why is God going to execute judgment over all the gods of the Egyptians? Because in Exodus chapter 20, when he gave the Ten Commandments, he said, Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And if you read your Bible, it continues, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity of the father on the children to the third and fourth generation. But showing my loving kindness to thousands of generations. He is going to execute his plan. He said it. Now he will do it. What's the message this morning? I said it. I will do it. Will God do it? Yes. How is God going to do it? From Exodus chapter 7 all the way through Exodus chapter 12, he's, he will send 10 plagues. The first plague, the plague of the blood, and then the plague of the frogs, the plague of the gnats, not gnats, Miguel, the gnats. Then he will send the flies, he will, send, he will curse the livestock, And then there's going to be a plague of boils, a plague of hail, a plague of locusts, a plague of darkness, and then the plague or the curse of the firstborn. Now, why the blood, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, firstborn? Why? Because these 10 represent 10 Egyptian gods. He said, I will destroy all the gods of the Egyptians. So, the plague of the blood is against the god of Kanum, the guardian of the river source, the god of Happy, Indian toothpaste, spirit of the Nile, the god Osiris, The Nile was his bloodstream. And then, etc., etc., etc. So, all of those ten plagues are not by coincidence. They did not happen by accident. They were addressed to each God of the Egyptians God, small letter G. Because we only have one God with a capital G the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost who lives and reigns forever and ever. So it is not just, well, uh, you know, it's blood, it's flies, it's livestock, it's hail. These plagues were directly addressed to the Egyptian gods. Now you have to understand, brothers and sisters, that the River Nile is like their lifeblood. Through that river comes and goes commerce. Goods are delivered. So you got goods from the other side. You put them on a boat. You go down the the Nile River. They're delivered to Egypt. You send goods out. So it is a vehicle, a route for commerce. They did not have any Home Depot during that time that they will go to Home Depot. They will buy this 200-foot uh, water hose and then they would water their uh, plants and then they will harvest, they will buy this thingamajig and then cut, no? The only way that the Egyptians would be able to water their crops would be to wait for a certain season and the rains would come and the river Nile would overflow. And when the river of the Nile would overflow, the waters Will wa- the overflow will water their crops. You see the idea? So the river Nile is very, very important to the sustaining power of the waters so that Egypt can continue to prosper. They can have trade, they have livestock, they have goods. Cut off the river Nile and you have a big problem. So that's the background of how important this river is. Now, in Exodus chapter 7, verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, See, I make you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. As far as the Egyptians is concerned, who is their God? Pharaoh. God is going to send Moses and God told Moses, I'm going to make you as God to Pharaoh. So it's like God versus God. The false God versus the true God. Moses is God's instrument. And God told Moses, I'm going to make you as God. God never said, Moses, you're going to be God. As God, you will go before Pharaoh you and your brother Aaron, and Aaron shall be your prophet. A prophet is one who speaks on behalf of another. You shall speak all that I command you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh that he let the sons of Israel go out of this land. I said it, I'm now going to do it. I told you I'm going to liberate the Israelites, and I'm going to use you. So this is my plan. Moses, I'm going to speak to you. You speak to Aaron. Aaron will speak to Pharaoh. Moses, I'm going to speak to you. Moses, you tell Aaron. Aaron will speak to the people. Very easy. And what is the plan of God? To tell Pharaoh that he let the sons of Israel go out of his land. Why? And how? Oh, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart that I may... Multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. When Pharaoh does not listen to you, then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring out my hosts, my people, the sons of Israel, from the land of Egypt by great judgments. So God is going to execute his plan. He is going to use Moses and Aaron as his spokespeople. But what's going to happen? Pharaoh's heart will be hardened. Why? So that God can display his power. You know, God doesn't do things by happenstance. He does things in accordance with his will, he does things in accordance with his plan. Sometimes his ways, actually, many times, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Because he is God. So you might be sitting there and say, well, why did God have to harden the heart of Pharaoh? If his initial plan and he's now executing the plan was just to release the Israelites, why didn't he just let Pharaoh release them? Why? Because he had to show his signs and wonders that he was going to what? He was going to execute his judgments. And then at the end, for Pharaoh to release God's people out of the land of Egypt. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the sons of Israel from their midst. For Moses, so Moses and Aaron did it as the Lord commanded them. Thus they did. So what is the purpose of God? For hardening the heart of Pharaoh so that he may multiply his signs. And in the process, all of Egypt will know that the God of Moses, the God of Aaron, is the true God. Are you with me? So what did Moses and Aaron do? They did just as God commanded them. Now how old was Moses and Aaron? Moses was 80 years old and Aaron was 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. We've learned since the beginning that Moses lived in the palace 40 years. And then he had to unlearn everything, tending sheep, for another 40 years. By this time, Moses was now 80 years old. And Aaron, 83. My friends, maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, God can no longer use me. Because I'm already old. May I encourage you? If you are willing to be used, regardless of how old you are, God will use you. But if you do not make yourself available, even if God wants to use you, you might not experience the joy. Of being able to be used by God. Moses hesitated time and time again. Like us, I volunteer. I volunteer Ike. Can I volunteer? Yes, I volunteer him. Moses was 80, Aaron was 83. I will serve the Lord when I finished high school. I will serve the Lord when I'm done with college. I will serve the Lord when I get married. I will serve the Lord when I have grandchildren. I will serve the Lord. I, before you know it, Lord, you're face-to-face pace with the Lord. Because you keep on passing. <laughs> No more time to serve the Lord. You are already face to face with the Lord. Lord, I was able to serve you. What? How can you serve me? You keep on. Wait, okay, after high school now, after college now, when I get married now, when I have grandchildren now, Lord. It is you, Lord. <laughs> serve the Lord while you can, brother. Young people. Uh, you're no longer young, brother George. tayo. <laughs> young people, serve the Lord while you have strength, while you are young. Because when you're old, there are more responsibilities that come with being more mature and adult. What are you waiting for? Moses, Aaron in their 80s was used by God. Be used by God. Don't be afraid. Why? Because if He said it, He will do it. it. Does not depend on you, it depends on God. Moses was 80, Aaron 83, when they spoke to Pharaoh. Remember, they're going to go in front of a God, small g. And this God, small g, Pharaoh, If he doesn't feel like talking to them, he can have them killed. So they go. Now the Lord, why is it on all capitals? What does that mean? When L-O-R-D is in all capitals, that is the personal covenant-keeping name of God, which is what? Yahweh. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you saying, Work a miracle, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your staff Throw it to the ground before Pharaoh that it might become a serpent. Do you remember in Exodus chapter 3? When God was speaking to Moses out of the bush, that burning bush that kept on burning but was not consumed, and Moses was debating with God. And God told him, Moses, what do you have in your hand? He said, a staff. Throw it down. And what happened? Huh? It became a snake. And then what? Take it up from? And then what happened? It became a staff again. Now who has the staff? Look at it. Huh? Look. Say to Aaron, in Exodus chapter 3, it was Moses who had the staff. Right? Right? In Exodus chapter 7, who has a staff? Aaron. Aaron. What are you going to do? When you go before Pharaoh and he asks for a sign, put down your staff. And then what will happen? Huh? So that it may become a serpent. I said it. I will do it. So did Aaron do it? So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and thus they did just as The Lord, Yahweh, had commanded them. And Aaron threw his staff down before Pharaoh and his servants. And what happened to the staff of Aaron? It became a serpent. Wow. Uh, Just a snake. Just a serpent. Mm. Then Pharaoh... Also called for his wise men and sorcerers. And they said, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. Oh. For each of them threw down his staff and they turned into serpents. Oh. Oh. Ha? Ang lolo ko nga eh. Oh. Daig ng lolo ko, ang lolo mo. Aaron put down the rod and it became a serpent. And Pharaoh's magicians, his sorcerers, put down their rods and their rods became serpents. There was only one problem. Look at the last part of the verse. But Aaron's staff swallowed their staff. Big G versus small g. See, my friends, Pharaoh's sorcerers, his practitioners of magic, also had powers. And sometimes you and I can be deceived that just because the devil is defeated at the cross of Jesus Christ, that the devil has no power. Even here, you see, we see, that the men of God, Aaron and Joseph, were given powers by God Almighty But Pharaoh had his own sorcerers and magicians who could, shall we say, duplicate the sign. The problem was Aaron's rod ate up the staff of all of those magicians of Pharaoh. Yet... Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he did not listen to them. I mean, you already see it. One staff became one serpent versus all of your magicians and their staff and their serpents and then this one snake ate up all the rest. (gasps) I lose. But not so with Pharaoh. Pharaoh's heart continued to be hardened. He did not listen to them. As what? As Yahweh said. Then Yahweh, the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is stubborn. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he is going out to the water and station yourself to meet him on the bank of the Nile and you shall take in your hand the staff that was turned into a serpent. So, Pharaoh is not listening. His heart is being hardened. He is being stubborn. So, tomorrow, this is what you're going to do. You meet him out there. You know, when he goes out from his palace, you know, maybe the morning stroll beside the Nile, you will meet him there. Remember? Is the Nile important? Yes. It carries water. It carries commerce. It it floods the plains and waters the plants so that they can do a harvest and continue to subsist and exist. So Pharaoh is going out and Aaron and Moses are going to go to the Nile with the staff that Aaron threw down that became a snake that ate up the staff of Pharaoh's magicians. Are you with me? All right. And you will say to him, The Lord, Yahweh, The God of the Hebrews sent me to you saying, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. Why does God want to liberate you? Why does God want to free you from the bondage of sin? So that you and I could serve Him. So that you and I could worship Him. That's why as you study the Old Testament time and time again, God will introduce himself. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I was the one who set you free from Egypt. I was the one who liberated you from bondage. And he told Moses and Aaron, tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me in the wilderness. But behold, you have not listened until now. Be forewarned, Pharaoh. Thus says Yahweh, By this you will know I am the Lord, Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. Behold, I will strike the water that is in the Nile with the staff that is in my hand, and it shall be turned to blood. Do you drink blood? The water that will water the plants Is now going to turn into blood. How will the plant survive? The fish that swim in the water, that process the oxygen through their gills, cannot survive anymore because the water is no longer water, it is now blood. So, what happened? And the fish that are in the Nile will die and the Nile will become foul and the Egyptians will find difficulty in drinking water from the Nile. When it becomes blood, it can no longer deliver the life that it needs to the animals, to the crops, and even to the people. And over all their reservoirs of water that they may become blood, that there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egypt, both in vessels of wood and in vessels of stone. So it's not only going to be in the water in the river Nile. Every body of water, whether it's in a cistern, in a wood container, in whatever kind of container, not yet because my horse broke, will become blood. So what will you drink? What will you give your animals to drink? With what will you water your plants? Big problem. And the fish will die. Have you ever been to Nabotas? You have not been to Nabotas. Have you seen a fish kill? All of a sudden, all of your fish, especially in the fish pond, for some reason, red tide or whatever, all of a sudden, all the fish will die and they will begin to float to the surface. And because they are dead, they will begin to rot. And then when they begin to rot, hmm, gee, your hair smells terrific. That's an old commercial. You young people, you don't know that. Right? When the fish die, it will begin to have a very bad odor. So, Moses and Aaron did even as Yahweh had commanded. I said it. I will do it. And he lifted up the staff and struck the water that was in the Nile in the sight of Pharaoh, in the sight of his servants, and all the water that was in the Nile turned into blood. I said it. I will do it. And because the water turned into blood, the fish that were in the Nile died and the Nile became foul so that the Egyptians could not drink water from the Nile and the blood was through all the land of Egypt. Not only in the river Nile. Remember, God said it. He will do it. Even the waters that you have in your reservoirs, they will turn into blood. You cannot drink them anymore. Why the Nile? Why the Nile? Because of Kanum, the god of the Nile. So the Nile being turned into blood is against the god of the Egyptians, Kanum, Osiris, Hapi. So God was beginning now to execute his judgments one by one against all of these gods. God's. Now you cannot use the Nile. It is of no use to you anymore because now it is blood. When it was water, it would give life. But now it is blood and it breaks of death. Let my people go so that they may serve me in the wilderness. God wants to save you But God wants to save you so that you can serve him. God wants to release you so that you can worship him. Galatians chapter 5 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Only you do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. God loves us and wants us to experience the freedom that we have in Christ. But God wants us to experience that freedom so that we can freely worship Him. The Nile, the once vibrant Nile, is now a stench of death. The fish are dead. The crops are going to die. The people have nothing to drink. Pharaoh, by now, surely you must admit That our God is the God. And you must release his people so that they may serve him in the wilderness. But the magicians of Egypt did the same. The magicians of Egypt did the same with their secret hearts. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. And he did not listen to them as the Lord Yahweh had said. Is that all? Is that all you can do? Turn water into blood? My magicians can do that too. So what did he do? He did not listen. He did not listen to Moses. He did not listen to Aaron. Anything you can do, I can do better. Anything I can do, you can do too. So what? Change water into blood? My, my magicians, my sorcerers can do the same signs and wonders. So what? So what did he do? He went back to his palace. His heart was hard. Never mind. He went back. But in the meantime, his very own people are suffering. Nile is now blood. Harvest is in danger. The fish are dying. The odor is very bad. Did he care for his people? No. Look, then Pharaoh turned around, went to his house with no concern, even for this. He did not really like his people. He did not really love his people. Your problem, not mine. I don't know if he really walked that way, okay? He didn't care. He just turned around, go back into his house. So all the Egyptians, his own people, what did they do? The Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink. For they could not drink of the water of the Nile. And seven days passed after the Lord Yahweh had struck the Nile. If you're caught in a desert, you have two choices. Food or water, what do you prefer? But food is good. Your wife sent you a steak sandwich. Oh, you. You and I can survive without food. Easy. But you and I cannot live for long without water. You cannot live. The Nile, the river Nile, were their source of life. And God turned it into water. The water he turned into blood. And the waters remained as blood for seven days. Pharaoh, your problem. God said, I will perform my signs and wonders so that I will demolish the gods of the Egyptians so that they will see my mighty hand and they will release you because I said it, I will do it. Do you notice that up to this point when Aaron threw down his rod, it became a snake. But Pharaoh's magicians and his sorcerers was able to replicate quote unquote the miracle. Yes or no? When Aaron struck the water of the Nile with his rod, it became blood. And what did the sorcerers and magicians of Pharaoh do? They did the same thing. You see my friends, Ephesians chapter 6 tells us, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Spiritual warfare is real. Imagine, this is Moses and Aaron doing a miracle-empowered By God. And then the magicians and sorcerers can do the same. It's the same. They can do it. They can do it too. Oh, but Aaron's rod ate their snakes. No, no, no. That's not my point. My point is, they were able to throw down the rod and it also became a snake. Wow, power. Wow, he touched the Nile, it became blood. Well, the magicians also touched and it also. Parang daya kasi blood na yun Right? Now, why? How do we discern? How do we distinguish? The Bible warns us, my friends, and I like to remind all of us: be careful. Do not just be brought. Do not just be convinced. About these signs and wonders. Validate for yourself if this sign is from God or not. Why? Look at 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. 14. No wonder for even Satan disguises himself as what? An angel of light. So you better know. You better know enough to discern. This is real. This is false. This is a miracle of God. This is just black magic. There is warfare going on. You may not see it because it happens in the spiritual realms. And Paul is reminding us, is warning us, be careful. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So how do you know? If it's an angel from God, Or if it's a masquerading angel from Satan. You will know it by the message. If the message is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And because you read it from scripture. Ah, this is the right message. If the message is you do this, you join this, you become like this. You give like this, question mark. Question mark. Because only Jesus Christ can save us. And Jesus Christ's salvation is complete and you do not need to add anything to it. But how do you know? How do you validate what the true message is? If you don't read the word of God. How will you know? The only way you will know is if you research, if you study, if you meditate on the Word of God. So that when you are presented with something false, because you know the truth, you will be able to discern, you will be able to distinguish. Ah, hulika. Because I know the truth, that is a lie. Therefore, I disregard it. Be careful, no wonder, because even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And Jesus Christ warns us, for false Christs, false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So there are a lot of people, do you know? I think one has already died, but in that show, in that documentary, in that interview, there are three people who claim to be the son of God on earth. One of them lives in the city of Davao, in the Philippines, in the province of Duterte. You know Duterte? Our president. He claims to be the new son of God on earth. Another guy from Russia also claims to be the new son of God on earth. Another one in the Latin America claims to be the new son of God on earth. Why is this happening? Because Jesus Christ already told us, look, false Christs, false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders as if to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So what should we do? 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. We are destroying speculations. Every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now how do you guard your thought life? How do you guard your mind? By filling it with the word of God if there is nothing up there you will accept anything and everything sounds like looks like must be no fill yourself with the word of god so that you will be able to take every thought captive to the obedience of christ And you and I have a responsibility to read, meditate, study, and most importantly, to obey the word of God. Jesus Christ himself said there are going to be many false Christs and false witnesses. But many of us rely on signs. Are you waiting for a sign? you have no boyfriend, you have no girlfriend, I'm waiting for a sign, Pastor. How long have you been unemployed? Two years. Are you not looking for a job? I'm waiting for a sign, Pastor. Have you already prepared your resume and the paperwork? I'm waiting for a sign. Be careful. You might get the wrong sign. And he said... Luke chapter 16. This is Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus died. The rich man also died. Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom. The rich man died and went to Hades. After he was already in Hades, and he could still see Lazarus, all of a sudden, He now wants to be an evangelist. Send somebody to my family for I have five more brothers. They need to know about this place so that they have the opportunity not to come here. Send somebody. And then, verse 27, he said, Then I beg of you, Father, that you send him to my father's house for I have five brothers in order that he may warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. All of a sudden, he's now an evangelist. Okay? What happened But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. But he said, No, Father. No, Father Abraham. If someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. What did Abraham answer in this conversation in Luke 16? When the rich man was talking to Abraham, what did Abraham say? No, my son. They have Moses and the prophets. What is Abraham referring to? Moses wrote the first five books of the Old Testament. You have the prophets in the word of God. Therefore, Abraham was telling this rich man who remains unnamed. They have the word of God. If they do not believe what is written in the word of God, they will not believe even if someone rises from the dead. Be careful of the sign. Don't rely on the sign rely on the Word of God because that is God's Word and what He said, He will do. I said it. I will do it. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. What will I trust? The Word of God. Because what God says in His Word will surely come to pass. God made more signs and wonders. But his purpose was that he may multiply his powers so that everyone will know that he is the true God. But God has already given us his word. Hebrews 1 says that in these last times, God had already spoken through his son. There is no other message to discern. Except that salvation can be found in Jesus Christ alone. In the olden days, Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, God spoke through prophets. You have Moses, you have Aaron, you have all these people in the Old Testament. But in the last days, he has spoken through his son. So what God says about his son Jesus Christ, that is what we must study That that is what we must place our faith in, not science, but in the truth of God's word, because it is our only offensive weapon against the spiritual forces in the heavenlies. What do you believe? Do you believe in the word of God? Do you study the word of God? Do you read the word of God? Do you meditate on it? Do you even obey it? But he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, if they do not listen to the word of God, remember that's the reference. Moses and the prophets, that's the Old Testament scripture. If they will not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Don't believe. You already have the word of God. You share with somebody. This is what God says. He who has the son. 1 John chapter 5, 11, 12. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God. Does not have life. I have written these things to you. Who believe in the name of the son of God. So that you may know. That you have eternal life. So brother. When the time comes and the Lord takes you, where will you be? Ah, to say God just gave you His word, His promise, that if you have the Son, you have life. And He wants you to know without a shadow of a doubt that if you have Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven. You're going to spend eternal life with God in heaven. And then when you're asked, Ah, so did you really believe? Perhaps not. Look at what Jesus Christ has to say to these people who are asking about signs. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him Teacher, Rabbi, we want to see a sign from you. Ah, Albin remembers Rabbi. Right, Albin? Rabbi, we want to see a sign oh, you're already recognizing this person to be a teacher. And then what? You want a sign. So you really don't believe that this is the teacher because you're still asking for a sign. Are you with me? Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, an evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign. Mm. If you do not believe God's word, What else will you put your faith on? What else will you trust? The sign? Jesus Christ said, evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah, the prophet. Oh, You want a sign? Okay. I'll give you a sign. What is that sign? Jonah, the prophet. What happened to Jonah? God wanted him to go to Nineveh. If Nineveh is going here, he said, I don't like to go there because if I preach there, they might be saved and I don't like them. So, I will go here. No, I want you to go there. I will go here. So what did God do? God sent a big fish We have to be accurate. It is not a whale because the Bible does not say it is a whale. The Bible says it is a big fish. Just like in Genesis, it's not an apple. We know it's a fruit, okay? God sent a big fish and swallowed Noah. Noah. (laughs) (laughs) And swallowed Jonah. And how long did Jonah stay in the belly of a fish? Three days. And then after three days, what happened? The big fish, vom- for lack of a better word, I know it's almost lunch. For lack of a better word, the big fish vomited out Jonah after three days. Jesus Christ said, you evil... An adulterous generation who craves for a sign, no sign will be given to you except the sign of Jonah. Three days in the belly of a fish. What is that sign? For just as Jonah was there three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You want a sign? The empty cross. The empty tomb. That is the sign of your salvation if you believe. You and I don't need any other sign. The only significant sign is that Jesus Christ came from heaven, went to the cross, carried your sin and mine. He was entombed for three days and three nights in the earth. And then what happened? He rose again. What other sign do you want? If you do not believe that the tomb is empty, then my friends, your heart is empty. But if you believe that the tomb is empty, may I submit to you, your heart is full your heart is full with the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Are you looking for a sign? Have you believed the sign that God has given to you through the completed work, the finished work of His Son, Jesus Christ? I said it. I will do it in the garden of Eden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, he said to the serpent, cursed are you above all the animals. On your belly you will crawl and even the livestock will be afraid of you. Your offspring will be at war with the offspring of the woman but he but he the male offspring of that woman will crush your head but you will strike him on his heel satan thought that by the death of jesus christ he had won But no sign will be given to you except the sign of Noah who was inside the belly of the fish three days. Jonah. too big. Jonah, Noah. Tsaka ito, Jonah, yan Three days you will be in the belly of the fish. And Jesus Christ said, as Jonah was in the belly of... Ayan, i correct, Why when I make mistake, you laugh. When I'm correct, you don't... Three days, Jonah was in the belly. Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so shall the Son of Man be in the earth three days and three nights. My friend, Jesus Christ is alive. He is risen. God said it, he will do it. He said that salvation will come through Jesus Christ. But I'm waiting for a sign, Pastor. My friend, there is no other sign to believe except to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. God Almighty, we thank you. We honor you this morning. We praise you for the truth of your word. God, will you please forgive us from trusting in signs and wonders? but forsaking your promises that are in your word. We look to people. We we look to other things, Lord God, but many times we forget to look to you. God, will you speak to us, Lord, this morning and bring about the conviction from the Holy Spirit to turn away from our sin and to turn to you, the one who died and the one who rose again. If you are here this morning and you have not believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, may I encourage you to consider what Jesus Christ has done for you. And by faith, open your heart to Jesus and accept him into your life as your Savior and also the Lord of your life. He is committed not only to save you, but to make your body the temple of the Holy Spirit, to give you power to resist temptation and to turn away from a life of sin. It's between you and the Lord. So speak to him in the way that you want to speak to him and just in your own words, just, Lord, I need you. Will you please save me? If you're here this morning and you already have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and instead of studying, reading, meditating, and obeying his word, you're still one of those who lives your life out looking for signs, will you commit to study God's word? To meditate on it? To obey it? Because he said it, he will do it. God, may your Holy Spirit do its work in our midst this morning as we take a few quiet moments to listen to your still small voice. Lord God, we just want to thank you that we can study your word and we can trust, Lord, that if you said it, you will do it. May the glory go to you now and forevermore. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. And we maximize our time by breaking out into our small discussion groups. And we have these three questions for you. What is keeping you from, complete, from obeying God completely? Are you still waiting for a sign? And lastly, what does that tell you about your faith in God? We'll keep these questions up there on the screen, and we would encourage you to please please go to your respective uh, groups. Remember, what you share is kept in the D group. It is not for gossip. And please do not force anyone to speak or share. That's really up to them. And don't forget to close with a word of prayer. Thank you and have a blessed Sunday, everyone.